Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now listening to Rob and Rat's World of Wonder podcast. So sit back, relax, and prepare your ears as they take you on a journey of all things weird and wonderful. Hello and welcome to the Rob Rat podcast. I am Rob. I'm Rat, and it is another week of podcasting. Where do you know what I mean? We're we're loving it. We absolutely we're it. love it. I uh, hope you love it too. Um, if you're a brand new listener, hello, 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 and welcome to the show. Uh, as we said, I'm Rob, and this is Rats over here. And each week, we take a particular topic and we talk about it, and we we investigate it. You know, we, we investigate do, it. We, we have the audience view here and there, and uh, just general. Just general jigacting, really. And a bit of uh, stuff we're interested in, though, as well. Oh. Oh, we're huge in China. We're know? huge in China. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so thank you very much for coming along listen to us, and uh, thanks for coming What's back. What's today's episode about, Robert? Today's episode is about serial killers. No, nothing like a comedy podcast. <laughs> on serial on killers. Serial killers. <laughs> well, we're going to try and take a, a look at it, and there might be some comedic uh, aspects of it along yeah. the way. It's um, kind of frightening, really. It is. There, some of the stuff is completely disgusting and sick, but... Uh, and well, also a bit it of, happens, though. It, it, it does it happens. happen, yeah. Uh, uh, it happens, shit happens like But uh, a disclaimer before we start If you do not hear um, about your favourite serial killer in today's episode Please do not get upset and Do not fret Do not fret and become a serial killer yourself and try and hunt us down and kill us Obviously there's tons and tons of serial killers out there and we can't cover them all So we may do a serial killer's second episode But we're going to start with just one today And we're going to cover a couple of serial killers and some of the stuff that they've done I did say I would. it'd be so cool to get in like... Uh, Get in contact with one like yeah didn't know. didn't get because I just feared oh, if I they ever got out of jail and they didn't because we was taking the piss out of them then and they I think though although I, yeah in a future episode I think I'd like to do it sometime. try and talk to a serial killer yeah yeah I would okay well, we we'll look into it like, anyway before we do that we might go to our uh, world famous Robin Rats World of Wonder news. let's do it make let's go to the news make, make get in here Rob and Rats weird and wonderful news. So, this is the news. Welcome to the news. So, I'll start here now, right? A man has been jailed after he th- threatened to burn down a nightclub because it didn't sell Red Bull. Are you a fan of Red Bull? The energy drink? I'm sure it sold uh, a cheap knockoff version. Though. Well, that's the problem. Uh, so, a man uh, yeah, so a man named uh, Michael Day, he was 38 years of age, and he screamed, I'm going to burn every last one of you. Um, he was at a nightclub, shush nightclub in Wantage in Oxford. Shush. Yeah, had to be evacuated <laughs> due to the incident. Um, Mr. Day was set to stand trial for the incident, but later ad- admitted to attempted arson and two counts of making threats to kill. He flew into a rage after bar staff served him an alternative drink as they didn't sell Red Bull. So he was thrown out of the nightclub before becoming aggressive. He went home and later returned to the foot club where CCTV footage showed him armed with a 20 litre white plastic container filled with petrol. <laughs> he was seen throwing it towards the door and launched himself in the path of the door staff. Petra was spilt on the ground and staff members' clothing before the day before he started flicking a lighter and screaming death threats. He then had a cigarette in his mouth and he was shouting racist abuse uh, towards one worker and threatened to burn the nightclub down. As the smell of fumes wafted inside the club, all 177, not too many people in the nightclub, 177 punters had to be evacuated. God, so he actually did it. No, he didn't burn it. They, he was going, he threatened to, yeah, had this over Red Bull. So, he's, he's, so, so he told police he had drank up to, up to seven bottles of Corona and didn't really intend to start a fire, simply aiming to scare people. Uh, his barrister said that uh, Day couldn't even remember the incident. And the judge, so Judge Maria Lamb, jailed him for five years and two months. Really? Oh, geez, yeah. he got a good old sentence. Yeah. The, uh, well, uh, like in fairness, uh, he tried to set fire to. An did he set fire to a nightclub? Filled with people. <laughs> and like, and his reason bull. was because they didn't have Red Bull. 
That's a great uh, ad for Red Bull. Yeah, isn't it? Red Bull will give you jail time as well as wings. <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't, you know, people are that in love with the drink that if you don't serve it, well, yeah, my mate Danny Gilligan. Now he loves uh, he loves Red Bull and vodka. That's yeah, it. he it's it. a, it's rocket fuel. Like. That's crazy because yeah. I I remember drinking it years ago and like when when you're drinking loads of vodka and then you should pass out from the drink. The Red yeah. Bull is keeping you awake. Yeah, yeah, and that's when you're like a lunatic and doing yeah, things. That, yeah. You know, you should be asleep, but your body is going. Yeah. I should be asleep here from all the alcohol I've had. But the Red Bull going, not a hope. Hey, yeah. it's a do something daft. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous concoction. Yeah. Um, I have a little one as well. I have a story here. So a German dentist received a Guinness World Record. We're fonds of it on the show. We're, we're fond of we're our fonds records. Of it. <laughs> so we're fonds. We have fonds. The fonds. We uh, we have our own record. Okay. We do. So. Yeah. He received a Guinness World Record earlier this month. This was a while back now, so it could be a few months at this stage for pulling a 1.46 inch tooth. Uh, I actually have a picture of the tooth as well. So 1.46 inch. So an inch. One inch and a half. Inch and a half tooth, which is massive from a patient's mouth. Dr. Max Lucas pulled the tooth from a patient's mouth who came in complaining of severe dental pain back in 2018. It, that was, that's when it was pulled but Lucas said it took over a year to send all the required paperwork to Guinness and to actually get the tooth recognised uh, but eventually he finally did and now he proudly displays his Guinness World Record in his office so an inch and a half tooth your man was, like you can see it's a long old tooth an inch and a half like severe dental pain he pulled it and it just kept coming and coming and coming and coming and there it was and yeah, Guinness and World Record Jesus, longest yeah. human tooth people yeah <laughs> Are you a fan of the dentist? Uh, not really, no. Are you? I haven't been in years. What? Yeah, I go every year. Do though. you? I do. Like yeah. I literally, I don't think. I think the last time I haven't been to the dentist probably in probably you, in eight years. Are you serious? Yeah. Hang on. Well, a my second. teeth are fine. Wait like. a second. How long? <laughs> eight. Cheer <laughs> <hear> that crowd. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's nothing wrong. Like, I don't. I think you still need to go for a check. You know, I you, think they're only tra- they're only telling you that to get you in. No, but I prefer to go just to check. Anyway. But you don't go to a doctor just for a checkup. You right? should. Though. <laughs> you should. Yeah, like, you don't, not unless you're older. Like, I, I, good. How are you feeling? Great. But in your. Now, why are you here? Just check up. <laughs> what? Just check. Just see. Is it, when you check yeah, my temperature, it's called, it's called you know, check my prostate. Your blood pressure. Your yeah, yeah. But generally, I think when you turn 40 and 50 and all that. Okay, like, 40, yeah. Yeah. But That's like, you generally don't. Like, at the dentist, you know, how are you feeling? No problems at all. I go every year just for a checkup. Yeah, but you're, I, I, you're fine and I'm fine. Yeah, but, but I haven't sometimes been. Sometimes I might say, oh, uh, you need. Um, uh, a, you know, a fillin. Do yeah? There you go. I, I haven't seen you in eight years. Yeah, I'll get a bit of money out of you. Eight years worth of fillings. Yeah, I, I've gone a load of times and it's been free because you get one a year. I I've think. been told that. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should take advantage of the free one. So but do you know what I mean? Do you like, know what I always? They're find? not pulling I, the piss out of you the, for the, free. The, the, the yeah, but they try and get you to come back again. But I always find like the last time I was the dentist, I think I got a filling. And you go out, you know, your mouth is a bit numb, and they give you the pink drink at the end to spit oh, out, that, yeah. and it all spills down the side of your mouth because you can't feel it, right? <laughs> and then you walk out. Yeah, you walk out to the reception as you're going out to pay. Then the woman goes, eh, so a check up again in six months? And I go, yeah. So what are you doing on the 24th, you know, 24th of June? And you're like, huh? Like, you <laughs> know, they, they throw a random date at you, like half, t- half 10 on the 24th of June. I'll be doing a podcast. And I would go like, what? <laughs> yeah, all right. Do I have to commit to this now? <laughs> like, I always find, like, it's very strange. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyone with unpaid parking fines at the University of Alaska. Sorry, sorry. Anchorage, go on there. I missed you. Anybody okay. with unpaid parking fines at the University of Alaska in Anchorage can Campus, has now had the option to reduce or cover the cost of their tickets with peanut butter and jelly. What? 
The university has reported that they will take donations for their annual. Uh, so on the ninth, on the, so it was just gone there. So on, on the eighth of November, they instead of people people who've been parking and got fines on the university to combat student hunger, you can give in uh, ton, tins of peanut butter or jelly, which is like jam. <laughs> Yeah, instead yeah. of it's nice a peanut butter. So a sixteen jam ounce jam, a jam jar or peanut butter jar uh, that can take ten dollars off your uh, bill, bill. Uh, and then the bigger the five jars you can get rid of a sixty sixty dollar bill, which is grand. So if you've got parking fines, you just wait till this time of year and give them a couple of jars of peanut butter. You probably get them for a euro or a dollar or whatever a pound, whatever. Do you like peanut you want. butter? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't need it that. I much, don't need like it that much now, but I used know, to like, like it. The one that we, I think there's a bad one for you and a good one for you. There's some ingredient in the one everyone likes, the smoother one that I. There's an oil. It's a palm oil. Like palm oil. That's palm oil. One. Yeah. So if you get one without it, it's very. It's not nice for you. Yeah, but the thing with the palm oil is as well is palm oil is what's um, dehousing all those orangutans. Oh, okay. Do you ever see them with the? Yeah. So oh, what's happening no, is like in yeah. in Bora Bora and all those places. Yeah, there's like yeah. farmers cutting down normal forests to plant palm oil because you, these palm oil they can grow them really quickly and easily and make money off ah, them. Yeah, that's so all nice. these forests the are being cut down. Yeah. yeah, not ch- yeah orangutans, but don't, they're bit. Don't tell Marina Chapman that. Oh, she's a Chapman. <laughs> Our past guest. <laughs> anyway, so that's a, anyway to combat hunger. So they're kind of just doing that. It's a it's a nice. It's oh, a, yeah. it's a nice little thing they do. Yeah. That's mad, yeah. Yeah, and finally, then. It's one of the stranger things to happen on a certain police uh, department's fo- uh, Facebook page, but there was an Illinois man, and he was wanted on a drink-driving uh, warrant. Uh, he agreed to turn himself in, but only when local police would Photoshop his mug shot on their official face- Facebook page to him in a Halloween costume. So it was at Halloween, right, when they were reporting up on... They, they have a Facebook page where they show the people whose warrants are out for their arrest yeah, yeah. in Illinois, and they put his face up. So Brandon Conti, who was 25, featured on the uh, Sheriff Department's popular Warrant Wednesday social media post <laughs> on Halloween. And Condo was wanted for uh, uh, on the thirtieth of September. He was stopped for drink driving, but never came up to court or whatever like that. Okay. So uh, he commented underneath, right, saying, uh, "I'm appalled." He said, "Where where is my costume?" Because it was Halloween. Yeah. And he later said a short time. Anyway, he said that he he'd hand himself in if they put a costume on him. So they made him look. Have you seen Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah. He dressed. You know, there's a sailor outfit that your man. Wears. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> they put that on him, like they photoshopped it onto him, and then he said, uh, "They said, done. We've held up our end of the bargain." This is on the comment section underneath, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, "Call us or turn yourself in. We'd be happy to provide you with transportation." The cop said. And uh, he put two thumbs up, replying laughing faces and said, that's awesome. I'll be there before noon. Please have the paperwork done and ready. And he did hand himself in at noon and uh, he got a $3,000 fine. That is mad. But we, set, we put up a picture of the page, put a picture of it. So they've got a warrant oh, thing yeah, up do, 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 and they've got the picture of him and then they reposted it. It's him commenting underneath it and then it's him wearing this, like they photoshopped a sailor's outfit onto him. And put it back on the page. They put it back onto the page and then he said, sound, yeah, I'll come in now, that's all he wanted. He's just, onto the He's just having a bit of crack like, yeah, but he yeah, got a three grand fine. But it's, the serious thing is like he was drink driving, do you know? Oh, I actually have one more story. If you one thing, to... speaking of drink driving, yeah, yeah, you on. may not—I don't know—have you seen it? Uh, for people outside of Ireland, we've got this down in County Kerry. There's a couple of politicians, the Healy Rays. Yeah, go on. And the Healy Rays are trying to bring back drink driving um, down in parts of Kerry. Are you serious? Yeah, because they're arguing—they're arguing that there's older people who live out in rural areas. They need to go. For they a need pint. to go to the pub, and they should be allowed to have a few pints and drive home. 
But the argument against that is these are old people going to be driving down in country roads where there's no lighting at night time on a Friday night after having pints and you want to put them behind the wheel of the car. It's all a bit mad. That is ridiculous. So that like he's ridiculous. trying to bring back drink driving only for old people, only for people out in the middle of nowhere on country roads in, in the, the dark. dark. Yeah. It's bad enough driving on the country roads. <laughs> yeah, it's Never bad enough if it was in it's like, bad enough if you're an old person driving. Yeah, but imagine it's all right, if they put them in a town where it's lit roads and stuff, but he wants to send them out into country roads after pints. Okay, so on the on the subject of bad driving, so a dog was hit by a car and he survived for forty five minutes. He 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 survived for a forty five minute drive inside the bumper of the car. Okay, so Rotterdam police said that Coco the dog was struck by a car in Albany, and the driver got out to investigate what she'd hit. She saw nothing. She saw minor damage to the front bumper and no other object in sight. So she drove off. Police said that it wasn't until she tra- she travelled 45 minutes to Rotterdam that she discovered a small dog trapped inside her front bumper. Coco the dog suffered some broken bones, but veterinarian said that she is making a recovery well. She's recovering So she well. got hit, the, she hit, she got the, hit by the car, car and then the bumper kind of opened and she got stuck in there. And she was inside the bumper. Jeez, so she got yeah. a nice old hit, but 45 minutes in the bumper. Poor dog must have been absolutely oh, yeah, traumatised. Yeah. But she's, look, recovering well. Yeah, but dogs do like you can get that wind wind blowing in the face. Dogs do like to stick their heads out the window. That'd be like full on. I always remember this. He flies in your face the whole way as well, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always remember this uh, Billy Connolly story about um, what's the name of that actor from uh, Taken? I will Liam find Neeson. You. Liam Neeson told Billy Connolly a story when they were filming some movie they were in together. I don't know, was it whatever movie it was? But I think it was a true story that Liam Neeson was driving down some country road in Wales for whatever fi- thing they were filming. Yeah. Or he was driving through some village and he was going through the village kind of looking at the houses and he just heard that and he was like, he got out and he was like, oh, geez, did I hear that? And uh, he got out and he looked and there he saw on the footpath a cat lying there and he was like, oh, God. And he actually said, uh, it's not really right. The cat was kind of moving a bit, you know. So he said, it's to put him out of his misery, it's only fair to... So he got out, he had a hammer in the car. There was no kind of kids around. So he just went, bang, the cat's head. Just as he did that, a woman came running out of her porch. Like, what have you done? What have you done to my hand? He's like, I'm so sorry, I hate it, but I just wanted to put it out of his misery. And when he investigated the car further, under the back tyre was a cat. Oh, so he... He, he killed two cats. Uh, poor kittens was dreaming of catching mice. <laughs> he killed two cats then. <laughs> On the footpath, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the truth we're not, but it's brilliant. Uh, Billy, Billy Conley telling that. Billy told it. My favourite Billy Conley story is... Um, he was on about you know when you go to like uh, did you ever see him live no I've never seen him live seen no. him twice did you yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he was on about when uh, you know when you go away to like some countries like Spain and stuff like that you, you, can't, you can't drink the water because it gives you the shits oh yeah, yeah 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 and he was on about how they they rented like an apartment right and there was like they had the car there and they had all the stuff in the apartment and they had to go up and down the stairs to get all the stuff that yeah, they were on yeah, packing yeah. the par- and they had stopped in the shop and bought one, water. one big oh. one big bottle a litre bottle of water and they had the left upstairs and it was roasting hot and they're going up and down and little did he know his son had gone up and drank all the water and then filled it up from the tap yeah. and left it back on the counter right so Billy said he's up there going up and down and like packing all the stuff and finally got into the house at the apartment that they put all the stuff away went over and he started gulping down the water and then his wife gulped some down and then his kids were gulping it down <laughs> yeah. and then they're all sitting around and he said about half an hour later he started to feel his bowels moving yeah, yeah, yeah. and he ran in and jumped onto the toilet and he's there anyway he's in the toilet and next thing like he's shitting himself right and then his wife bursts in the door wanting to go to the toilet and he's on the toilet so she, ju- so she jumps out and puts her arse into the sink 
And, oh, uh, God. and then he says the two kids then are in the bath. <laughs> he says they're all just sitting there. They're all in the bathroom and shitting themselves and the from other, the water. And the other kid, obviously fine. Yeah, you know, he drank it as well. So he didn't realise that you shouldn't be drinking the water. He's only really a young fella. So the two kids are in the bath and then he says the smell of the place. But oh. it's, Billy Collins, he's making all those fart oh, noises yeah, and all yeah. that. It's, a bril- uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's, brilliant. It's, it's one of my favourite stories that I told. Oh, he's very good. He's very, very um, good. We've yeah. mentioned it before in the podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, Billy. That was. This is the news. Yeah. This is the news. <laughs> Rob and Rat's weird and wonderful news. That was the news. So that was the news, yeah. So we're talking this week about serial killers, right? Hey! Yeah. <laughs> the, the lovely world of serial killers. I know, but it's interesting. It is interesting. And like, true crime is very popular at the very moment. Mo- I love true crime shows. And like, women love it as well, making for whatever murder, reason. Like, all yeah. them things. Yeah, Making Murder was massive. That was one of the biggest kind of ones on Netflix when it first came Yeah, uh, it was a massive hit. And then there's a lot following it since, like, you know, there's been a second series of Making a Murder with a very cool lawyer. What's her name? Oh, I can't think of her name. But uh, yeah, no, they're very good. The true crime, it's massive. Yeah. Like, it's huge. You know what I mean? But uh, so I've got a bit of information. So some of these serial killers you're going to know about already. Yeah. And some of them you may not. So we start with some that you may not know about. Right. So, so considered to be Portugal's first ever serial killer. Diego Alvarez was born in 1810 and traveled to Lisbon as a young child to work as a servant in the affluent homes of the capital city. Okay. It wasn't long before young Alvarez realized that life of crime was better for turning profit than for working for it. So he had transferred himself to work in one of the aqueducts, which is like, you know, the, um, like the river is kind of like the, they're like... Renting up boats or something. Yeah, but he was waiting alongside the rivers anyway, but they're like up high, you know, like they're like on bridges. Okay. The Romans kind of came up with them a while anyway. So he would lie in wait for people, uh, for farmers returning home, and then he'd rob them of their earnings. And afterwards, Alvarez would throw them over the edge of like the massive bridges, send them to their debts. So between 1836 and 1839, he repeated this process 70 times. Local police initially. people think he f- people fell had accidents? Local police initially attributed the deaths to copycat suicides, which led to a temporary closure of the bridge. And then Alvarez formed a group of bandits before they were caught while ho- uh, killing four people inside the home of a local doctor. Alvarez arrested and sentenced to death by hanging. But uh, scientists at the time were like amazed at how sick and sadistic, he, you know, how, what, like he was able to do all this sort of stuff. So before, after they hung him, they chopped his head off oh and uh, they, kept it, they kept brain. it in his jar, they kept it in a jar to study his brain and they still have it today. So you can still see it in Lisbon. Sound. Oh, so they didn't find head. anything in his brain, like something missing or some, you know, part of his brain that feels emotion gone or anything like well, that. Well, I don't know. They didn't say anything about that, but yeah. it's just basically like, just keep they just brain. kept it. They, they, probably they, just, they probably just shocked. Yeah, just shocked at... Um, they obviously, like, serial killers do get a... They get a buzz out of killing, like, you know, and it's kind of that... The adre- maybe at the time of killing someone, that adrenaline that they get, like, you know, we get it doing the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, well, there has to be something in it that they just get a buzz yeah. out of it, yeah. Like, it's... Uh, like, I was watching some documentaries on some of these serial killers we're going to talk about in a while because just the... the just, it's just feckin' some of them are sick. Oh, yeah. Some of them are very sick. Obviously, they're all sick-minded, but some of them are kind of worse than others, you know? So we'll talk, first of all, about a, a certain doctor. I don't know if you heard of this guy. Uh, so Dr. Harold Shipman. No. Dr. Death, he was known as, and okay. he, he killed 218 patients. Jesus. So one of uh, history's de- deadliest serial killers was a married family man who managed to squeeze 218 credited murders and possibly as much as 250 while working as a popular British physician. Harold Shipman began his murderous spree in 1972, and it's believed he killed at least 71 patients while working at his first practice. Jesus. And then doubled that number at his second practice. Does it say how we killed them? Oh. Yeah, so, so basically, right, he, was, he, he kept moving around to different practices, right? But yeah. in 1998, both a local undertaker and another doctor noticed the unusual high number of cremation certificates Shipman had signed off on. Okay. 
They also noted striking similarities in the recently deceased patients themselves. The majority were elderly women who were found sitting up and fully clothed, not in bed as usually would be the case with the gravely ill. Do you know yeah, what I mean? They yeah, said yeah. they wouldn't have been in bed Boy, for days. Yeah. Up, yeah. So just uh, so despite the clues, the initial investigation was shoddily handled, and he went on to kill three more times. Jesus. But Shipman's luck ran out later that year when the daughter of his final victim. A lawyer, Kathy Grundy, claimed he'd not only killed her mother, but also tried to create a new fake will, naming him as her sole beneficiary. So he was doing this a lot. God, what an idiot. With all That's the people. So, so unlike his, his earlier victims, Grundy had not, she had not been cremated and an autopsy revealed lengthy high levels of dorphine, the drug, so they used this for killing most of them. Okay. And he was formally charged with 15 murders and convicted and sentenced to life without parole in the year 2000. And he died in 2004 after committing suicide in his cell. He never admitted to any of the killings. But yeah. Must have been at least possibly two hundred fifty people he killed. I think yeah, that's and he used so, to take the older women were his targets, and you know they trust a doctor. I see the way yeah he killed himself in prison like a lot of people. Would you be? It's a kind of heavy one, but would you be for the death penalty? Yeah, it is a tough one because I suppose you're basically doing to them. Then you know what I mean. Yeah, what they who's got the right to do that? But, but then the the other thing is as well, which I fucking I don't like. You, if you watch any shows, like look at okay, we talked about making a murderer. You've yeah. Brent, Brendan Darcy, who you don't look at. Uh, this confessions, false confessions, and there's another series on Netflix, uh, the confession tapes, where people are coerced into. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, but because like, there's a lot of pressure on. Police in an to area solve the crime. to solve a crime. If something's happening, and, but, there's pressure uh, on them, yeah. But I've watched some videos, like even worse than Brendan Dassey's case, in different shows. There's a new Netflix documentary a few weeks back about Dream Killer, and it's Kathleen Zellner is the lawyer who's in the second series of Making a Murderer. Right. And she takes on a case of these two young lads who, look, it's a murder mystery yeah. thing, but that's all that the, the thing with the death penalty is, yeah, you, want, you, you need to be like 100% accurate. Oh, yeah, that's sure. why I wouldn't be for it, I guess. Because, they, because when they arrest people and they, they convict them, the way they do it is so they have to be beyond reasonable doubt yeah so you have to like be no, like beyond reasonable doubt but they could still you know sometimes yeah. like people are tur- cases are turned over and all yeah. sorts of stuff in the future The Innocent Man is another one on Netflix it's very have you seen that no no very good The Innocent Man is uh, obviously a wrongful convictee and it's really good documentary worth watching but it's 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 it's, it's horrible that that even happens like yeah. and watching these uh, confession tapes uh, you know these cops uh, th- but to think no one there doing that like do you know what I mean no one there trying to just feed this fella information just to get basically him to framing someone like yeah, is it's it? yeah. yeah. fucking horrible yeah it's mental yeah so Belle Gunnis right the woman became known later as Lady Bluebeard she immigrated to America from Norway in, in 1881 and she settled in Chicago 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 but we say Chicago why well, do we say it Chicago yeah I say a lot of people say Chicago there's no or in it like that there like it's I just say, Chicago I say Chicago yeah but I say Chicago Chicago <laughs> you say Chicago I show Chicago alright anyway she emigrated to Chicago Chicago <laughs> Chicago, Chicago from America from Norway in 1881 uh, where she married a fellow Norwegian immigrant the couple had four children two of whom died young and they ran a candy store by the 1900s, oh, the store geez. had mysteriously burned down and her husband was dead. Although both happened under suspicious circumstances, she was able to collect multiple insurance policies, payouts, um, and she moved to Indiana, right? She quickly remarried, and just eight months later, her second husband died. Guinness claimed that he received a fatal burn from scalding water and then hit over the head by a meat grinder that fell. <laughs> While an inquest was held, no proof of foul play could be produced. And she got another insurance payout. She then began placing newspaper adverts in search of a third husband. 
with the request that the suitor must visit her Indiana farm. Several prospect suitors made the trek, only to disappear forever. Just one made it out alive, after reportedly waking up to see a sinister-looking Guinness standing over him. Nobody knows for certain just how many people uh, Bella Guinness murdered, but it seems she herself met a, gri- a grisly end. In February 1908, a fire devastated her farm, and amongst the records was a body... Uh, with bodies found, her children were found and the decapitated corpse, uh, corpse of a woman. Although officials identified the remains as Gunnis, doubt quickly spread as the body was much smaller than the tall, heavyset woman. Also, she got a fake her own death. And but the off. search for the missing head, which never turned up, led to the gruesome discovery of almost 12 bodies, including the missing suitors and several children. So the guys who had gone to the farm to be potential husbands oh, ended she up killed being, them. She killed them yeah. God. So a former farmhand that she had fired a few years earlier later claimed was threatening her life was arrested and tried for the crimes but he was only convicted of arson. So it's actually unknown what happened to her in the end but she was just going around murdering men. Yeah, God. What was her name? Blackbeard or? Well, Lady Bluebeard, yeah. Bluebeard, yeah. Lady Jesus. Bluebeard. Uh, Bella Guinness. So she was a, f- a woman murderer. Do you know what? I was thinking about this when I heard we were doing this episode you know about murdering and uh, I physically wouldn't be able to murder anyone just because of my... I'm very gross. I always think of stabbing. Yeah, I might be able to shoot someone. Or you could poison someone yeah, or strangle poison. them. I just think of being like, like killers get a... Stabbing, out of, yeah. I could never stab someone. I'd probably... I'd, I'd die myself just out of being disgusted at what I'm doing. Yeah. I just find blood in that all. Yeah, but you could just do it out. You could do it out. A lot of them yeah. do seem to like cutting up things and stuff like the, that. Did yeah. you ever see the document The Jinx? No. It's about Robert Durst. He's a... Stephen absolutely loves documentaries, guys. Just yeah, sorry. I know I'm always waffling on about them. Go on. Anyway. But it's a very good documentary. I don't want to give away too much about it. He's from a very wealthy family. And when he was young, he witnessed... I think this is early in the documentary. I don't know if it's anything to do with it, really. But he witnessed his mother committing suicide. Yeah. Jumping off uh, the roof of their house. And But it's a very good documentary. It's really one of the... Uh, it's up there with Making a Murderer. Okay. I think it's better. Check it out. The Jinx. Have you seen Mindhunter? I I watched the first series and I just wasn't that Oh, I really liked it now. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's, very, it's, it's all very true popular, as well. And that's how, they, is, yeah. that's how they profile like... Um, Remember serial killers but the whole thing you're saying about the mother is hu- like a huge amount of serial killers when you look at it have all have mother issues like yeah, yeah massive like didn't he try to one of the guys in mind we'll get, him, we'll get to him now we'll get to him yeah. Yeah. Um, just before we jump on from that we were on about serial killers and I was going on about the jinx mind hunter mind hunter there was something else that was going to be oh back. the staircase killer the staircase oh I haven't seen I've, like, no, have I, I, I've never watched it no yeah, that's a that's an odd one. That's an odd one. Did he push he, someone down the stairs? Or he something? pushed his wife down the stairs. But he's like not he a serial made, killer, he, though, is no, he? No, no, he's not. But yeah. he's a killer. Yeah, but he's we're just looking at. We want people who have multiple deaths okay, here. That one is <laughs> one isn't enough he for me. He killed another woman, though. I oh, think. Oh, good. Yeah. But anyway, go one, on. one isn't enough. Go on. Go on. No, we'll, we'll, but it's worth checking out. So Ed Gein. So he's the inspiration behind Psycho. He started Guineas, didn't he? <laughs> the man who's... Uh, so he inspired Psycho and Silence of the Lambs and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So he was abused as a child, an alcoholic father Jesus. and a domineering mother who instilled her son's pathological fear of women and sex. Oh, God. So uh, when his father and brother and mother died within a five-year period, he was left alone at the family farm where he eventually cordoned off parts of the house, turning into shrines and stuff to his mother. He loved his mother. Oh, God. Have you ever seen... Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, Psycho. And then... No, uh, the um, old film, Black and White. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hitchcock. Yeah, Hitchcock. And then there was another no, one, American the Psycho. Music, Ameri- the music. Sorry. <laughs> American Psycho as well. Yeah. 
with Christian Bale. I haven't seen that. Is that good? Yeah, it's not bad, no. And then there was another one, something they own a motel. It was on Netflix. Oh, I know. That's where it's, it's about a young Hitchcock in the hotel or something. No, it's a young psycho. It's a young guy. I've never seen it. No, that's actually, I think that was meant to be good enough. Yeah, that. it wasn't bad. I watched yeah, some of it now, yeah. but he's obsessed with his mother in it as well. Yeah. So anyway, 13 years later, police arrived at the farm following up on tips regarding missing hardware. Uh, hardware store owner Bruce. So basically, people in his village just started going missing, like all the time. This is the guy in the farm. With yeah. The so people were calling around. And what? What? What year are we talking here? This is a good question. There doesn't seem to give a year on okay, it. Okay. No, that's fine. Go on. I was just curious. Yeah, but anyway, like it turned out that he had like uh, he basically had like stolen dead bodies from graves. He took his mother's body out of the grave and had that in the house. Oh God, that's it. he had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was all. Yeah. Dead grannies and up and loads that, of stuff. Actually, he was yeah. he was later diagnosed with schizophrenia and declared unfit for trial. Uh, a decade later, he was convicted from one of the murders, but was declared insane at the time. But you know what? Like you know, like he, it's a funny one. Like I feel sorry for him. Like, but he turned like house. He turned like body parts into like household items, like chairs and bowls and stuff. Yeah, like but that. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, look, there's no condoning that. Like, uh, but he was abused as a child. His mother was a freak. Did she like you know use sex against him or something? Yeah, like she just freaked him out. Like you know, and then, like he she warned a, him off. But like he did go around. He like did, he he murdered some people, but he also then dug up bodies from the graves and had parts of them hanging around the house. And ah, yeah, but look, he was mentally ill, and he's you know I forgive him. Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's another man then, uh, John Wayne Gracie. Oh yeah, the clown killer. Clown. Yeah, he performed as clowns at, at children's parties. So oh. to, to the most, to most of his suburban uh, Chicago neighbors, a lot of going on in Chicago. Yeah. Here. Uh, John Wayne Gracie was a friendly man who threw popular block parties. He volunteered in local Democratic parties and often performed as a clown at local children's parties. Yeah. But Gacy, who already had served a stint in prison for sexually assaulting a teenage boy, was hiding horrific secrets right beneath his neighbors' unseeing eyes. In 1978, when a 15-year-old boy who had last been seen with Gacy uh, went missing, police obtained a search warrant for Gacy's house. They found a class, a class ring and clothing belonged to several young men previously reported missing in a four-foot uh, crawl space beneath the house uh, with a penetrating, uh, a, penetra- a penetrating odor was present. Yeah. They were shocked to find the decomposing bodies of 29 boys and teenagers that Gacy had raped and murdered. Gacy's ex-wife had complained about the odor for years, but Gacy had chalked it up to moisture, causing mildew. So, like, she was living in the house and everything. and Yeah. I saw a thing about John Wayne Gacy as well that I know he used to take his victims, obviously bring them back to the house, torture them and kill them. One young guy he picked up, he used to drive, obviously, at night he'd pick up random people. I think it was a chloroform of the mouth. Bring yeah, back the rag, house. yeah. One guy he brought back to the house. He was a teenager or maybe 17 or something. Uh, he brought him back to the house, started torturing him, was about to, whatever happened, your man got away. And Gacy kind of let him go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's how he was eventually caught. That your man, he reported it to police where he was taken from. And Gacy, maybe a few months later, was back in that spot looking for people. And okay. that's how the police that followed him back to the That was kind of spot where house. he went looking for them, yeah. yeah. He, anyway, he, Frightening. He, he was convicted of 33 counts of murder and executed by lethal injection in 1994. Like a decomposing body must stink bad. 29 like. teenage boys and like dead boys in his, in his house. It's fa- and he's also admitted to killing several additional men, disposing of their bodies in a nearby lake. Yeah, do you know what's awful though for the boys? Well, you know, obviously when they were. Found but he was a clown at someone's party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, like, you know what, Gacy? Yeah, he was actually performed on my birthday. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, he was good. Uh, like eight, Pennywise. 
Are you joking? Yeah. As I said, I know this is uh, supposed to be kind of a lighthearted show, but we're, uh, some of this is interesting. Uh, look, I know it all happened a while ago as well, you know. Look, we're looking at it from a lighter side of things. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, I was going to say, John Wayne Gacy, yeah, that is just mad. But when you think of the bodies under the house, that's rank, like. It's it must have yeah. stank. But, like, you know what I feel sorry for people who, uh, like, say if you've a child that has gone missing, I suppose the, the, them families get closure once the body's found. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the, when they find not, out, then. I know, but you, do you know, know what I mean? You might like think, you might like think, oh, not that it was a nice thing, but it might have been like an accidental hit and run or something. If you find out that the body is, like, kept in with 29 other, you know, after being uh, raped and but murdered. But you know what? They do say it's like, it is a, the not known was. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, excuse me. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So this is a this is a, one of the the sicker of the uh, well they're all sick but uh, Jeffrey Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer yeah so he committed his first murder in 1978 when he's just 18 and he would go on killing until his arrest in 1991 after an African American man escaped his clutches and hailed down police near Milwaukee Wisconsin when the victim led police back to the captor's apartment they discovered photographs so he used to take Polaroids of like dismembered bodies and the severed heads and genitalia of several other men in like he had stuff in his fridge and everything and a, t- a big was he a cannibal or he was the Milwaukee cannibal I'll tell you yeah. about him in a second yeah so he uh, he had a big like tub filled with acid where he used to dissolve some of his victims and he used to wait for them so he had he put the bodies apart in and then they'd turn into kind of a gunk at the top and he'd scoop the gunk out and just flush it down the toilet and Jeez. yeah, but uh, like he, uh, I was listening to a bit about him, watching a bit about him there recently. So he grew up anyway. And once again, he had some mother issues and father issues and stuff like that. And he yeah. wasn't. Yeah. But he was always very strange, even in school. And he liked to cut up animals and take them apart. And yeah. Yeah. He, he had, so he was a gay man, but his sexual fantasies started out that he used to love to, he wanted to lie beside, he liked dead people. So he said he didn't really want to hurt his victims. Okay. So he used to he used to do it the same way. So he'd go he'd go to gay clubs and gay gay scenes. Yeah. He'd get a guy and bring him back to his house and he'd have sex with him and then he would drug his drink. So he'd be <clears throat> with like sleeping pills to do whatever and then when the guys passed out he just uh, like choked them to death. All right. Like, so they wouldn't suffer. Like. Yeah, he didn't want them to suffer. He just wanted them dead. Right. And he liked to keep their dead bodies and then have sex with the dead bodies. That's what he was into. Yeah. And then he started to cut them up. If he really liked them, he wanted to keep bits of them. So, like, he cut some guy's heart open and ate some of that. And he cut a guy's bicep off because he really liked the guy's bicep. And he, he ate that. And apparently he used to give out sandwiches to the people in his blo- in his building block. And they reckon now that they could have possibly been eating human flesh. Oh, man. Yeah. This is this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was bad when I was talking. So about in 1992, Dharma was sentenced to 957 years in jail. And is he still alive? No, he oh. was killed by another inmate. Oh, okay. uh, so he was stabbed one time, uh, but he survived that. And then another inmate got him in like the prison gym with a dumbbell yeah, and just yeah. bet the living daylights out of him and he died. Yeah. I remember I just took it, cut in there for a second. Did you ever see The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville? Yeah. Where he he tried, pretends to be, he like, pretends he pretends he's in the Special Olympics. Yeah, he, he pretends he's got a disability. Because he wants to win at the Special Olympics. Yeah. For some reason, but I remember his father brings him anyway, and he, they're both kind of conning. But when he's signing him up, he, you know, he's there. Uh, 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 Johnny Knoxville doesn't know the name he's given, so he's like, oh, my name is oh, it's Jeffy, Jeffy, Jeffy Dahmer. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's the name they use, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so Dahmer, Dahmer was there. Dahmer was very, he was a sick individual. Oh, yeah, um, big time. Like lots of, lots of, uh, so he, he murdered, I don't know, I think it was 17 victims that he's been convicted of, but like there could have been much more. That is mad. That is just, yeah. And like, but eating them as well, like. So yeah, and first. apparently what happened was one time that he, he had a thing for African-American men. He liked black yeah. men. Okay. 
and kind of young enough fellas. All right. And one time he had a guy in the, in his apartment and he was living in Milwaukee because he had been living with his grandmother and he used to bring people back to his grandmother's house. And that was kind of awkward. To probably. the basement. And he was having sex with them there and killing them there. But he kind of had to, it was a bit awkward. His granny kicked him out because she knew he was up to something. Yeah, <laughs> she at, knew he was a wrong. He's at something. He's down at something there. down there anyway. So I then he got pa- he, he got his own apartment, right? But you know, he used to work in a chocolate factory making chocolate. Like, if you want to view, <laughs> <paradise. laughs> you're eating some bar made by this fella, the chocolate bar. But anyway, the guy, the guy, one guy escaped out onto the street, right? And uh, the uh, woman rang the police to say that there was uh, like a naked. A man who's been beaten up African American Running and, around Yeah running on the streets And like he looks in a bad way And the cops came down And Dharma went down And uh, said to the cops That this is his partner And that he's just drunk And don't worry about it And it'll take him back But so, was he drugged I wonder He was a bit drugged He was out of it okay. But he showed He had Polaroids of him And the fella having sex So he showed them to the cops Saying oh no he's my partner And the cops just didn't want to know about it Because like it was back oh, in that time God, So they okay. let him take your man back upstairs And then Dharma fucking killed him God Yeah but that's kind of weird. He had the Polaroids on him, I suppose. Yeah. So Dharma's parents separated, and uh, uh, share when, when he was a young, so when he was a young fella, he was a young fella, and his parents separated, and his father moved out, and then his mother took his other brother and just moved somewhere else. So Dharma had the house to himself, yeah. and that's when he had did his first murder and stuff in the house. And then he cut up, he killed the body, he killed the thing, he put it into black bags and put them into the boot of his car, and was driving to go and get rid of the pieces, the, the body parts, and then he was stopped by the cops. And just like this, is how much of a psycho he was. He was just pure, cool, and relaxed. The cops pulled him over, and like they said, "Where are you going this time of night?" And he said, "Oh, my parents are separated. I'm just um, bringing some rubbish to the dump just to get out of the house and take my mind off things." And they felt sorry for him, just let him go. Like, they could have caught him there, and then jeez, he was good. Like. He was good, yeah, pure psychopath. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so seventeen. He was convicted of seventeen. It could have been way more. Like you mentioned, them Polaroids. We'll share some of them on <laughs> <for> the Instagram. <laughs> jeez, yeah, <laughs> you can probably get those over online. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> So the next one then is uh, the infamous Ted Bundy. Oh, yeah. So, Very good documentary. Yeah, it was the first televised murder trial as well. And so, he represented himself. Yeah, yeah. And he was so... Because you know he was so intelligent. Like, But people said as well, they really like... He used to like make the... People in the courtroom laughed. Oh, he was so he he had a good personality. Yeah, like. well, that's it because he was likable, right? Yeah. So he was handsome, well educated, and brimming with charm. Is that your words that he was handsomer? Well, I'm just this is what they've said. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Ted Buddy's seen the most unlikeliest of serial killers, which made his decade-long multi-stage killing spree all the more surprising and to some appealing. Born to an unwed teenage mother, Bundy never learned his father's identity and was raised believing his grandmother was actually his mother. Oh God! So. Or no, it's believed his mother. Yeah, so his grandmother was actually his mother. So basically, what happened was, and the stuff. So his family's home was a very fucked up scenario. Yeah, I can imagine. And no one really knows that who his father was, and there was rumor that his father could have been his grandfather. So that oh, like really? his his mother like his may have like been raped by her father. So when he was young, when he was born, she was very young. So he grew up then thinking that his mother, it was his sister, but it was actually his mother. Oh, God. Okay. So uh, then, like, obviously, when he found out, that kind of messed him up a bit because she was told that. And his granddad was supposed to be, like, a real racist and, like, a very tough man. His 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 mother's other sister, who would have been his auntie, slept in one day. And the grandfather, or her father, pulled her pulled her out of bed and threw her down the stairs for sleeping in. You know, like she was severely fucking damaged from it. So he was a bit of a psychopath anyway, the father himself. Yeah, it's <laughs> just a bit. So Bundy anyway, then I think the mother, uh, she went off, but she, she found a new partner or whatever, but Bundy didn't really like this guy, but that's where he got the, yeah, so that's where the, the madness kind of started anyway. Okay. 
So I've following got... a difficult adolescence, Bundy graduated from the University of Washington and soon embarked on his murderous spree, killing his first victim in Seattle in 1966, focusing primarily on attractive um, college women. Mm. Bundy committed a series of murders across the Pacific Northwest. He continued on to Utah and Colorado, killing several more women before being arrested. Despite being convicted of kidnapping, he managed to escape police custody not only once but twice while awaiting trial in Colorado. He moved to Florida, where he killed several members of a sorority and his final victim, a 12-year-old girl he raped and murdered. Jesus, that's awful. Like, he was a right freak. When Bundy was finally apprehended, uh, he was driving a stolen car weeks after his last murder. His trial quickly became a media sensation in the first murder trial to be fully televised and featured Bundy front and centre, acting as one of, as you said, his own defence attorneys. He became a media star, welcoming journalists to his cell, receiving letters of admiration and even marrying one of his fans. Wasn't there a, when, So he was in jail And someone like married him Didn't he jump out the window Of a library in jail Or something Yeah he escaped twice Yeah, yeah he escaped twice And, and it, so he provided Endless clues about his Additional murders That he may have committed In the hopes of delaying His execution But it didn't work He was executed In the electric chair In 1989 And, and the he, true number Of his victims Was never known yeah, but he used to try and say, "Oh, if you know, I'll give you a bit more information on this than that." And you'll find such a one, yeah, yeah, here and there, yeah. God, that's he's just. Uh, have you any happy serial killer stories? Um, no, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, look, yeah, he was just uh, crazy. But like, it's a, I suppose, a mad child. You wonder if he never found out that information about his upbringing, would he still? Yeah, have but that? that's it. Like, but then he he is the product of inbreeding as well. Like, yeah, it, well, that's it too. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. it's not one hundred percent that it was, but there was t- the, the people think that may have okay, been the grandfather. It may have been the case. Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, that, well, like he was there. He didn't really stand much of a chance. Like he had a bit of a bad old upbringing then, and then. Yeah. But that doesn't mean loads of people are bad upbringings. So they don't go killing people. Killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's another guy. Then this is H H Holmes. Have you heard of this guy? I haven't. He was a pharmacist who built a murder castle. H.H. H. Holmes spent his early career as an insurance scammer before moving to Illinois in advance of the 1893 Chicago's World Fair. A lot of stuff going on in Chicago here. Chicago! Yeah. He worked as a pharmacist. It was here that Holmes built what we refer to as his murder castle, a three-story inn that he secretly turned into a torture chamber. Some rooms were equipped with hidden peepholes, gas lines, trap doors, and soundproof padding, while others featured secret passages, ladders, and hallways that led to dead ends. There was also a greased chute that led to a basement where Holmes had installed a surgical table, a furnace, and even a medieval rack. Oh, jeez. Like is, this, a, is this building still standing? I don't know, actually. I was going to say, question. it'd be a cool museum to go to. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> but before and during the World Fair, Holmes led many victims, mostly young women, to his lair, only to asphyxiate them with poisonous gas and then take them to his basement for horrific experiments. <laughs> He then, he then exposed He either disposed of the bodies in his furnace Or skinned them And sold the skeletons to medical schools So at the same time Holmes worked well, insurance scams yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was collecting money from life insurance companies And he was finally caught When one of the people that he worked with Tipped off police Because he failed to pay out They used to go around scamming people And someone you know uh, ratted them out He was convicted of the murder of uh, four people But confessed to at least 27 more killings Before being hanged in 1896 but that's a proper like that's a lot of talking into that. He got a house, a three story house, and then just turned it into like a, that's how dedicated he yeah, was. Yeah, but like, a, 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 like some, he had some like places. So if they kind of got thought they were going to escape and they ran down, which is a dead end. Then there was an oil slide, wasn't there? There was like a grease pole, but like they think they're going to they went down that and then they landed in his lair. <laughs> he's down yeah. there waiting like with a <laughs> surgical table. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And he's a pharmacist, so he's well able to drug them. He was a doctor earlier, now a pharmacist. Yeah, but he, uh, like, uh, poison gas, so he'd put them into a poisonous room and they'd get all, they wouldn't really know, like, uh, well, basically, they they didn't stand a chance. 
God. But I look, we're laughing and all that, but we're just trying to bring a lighthearted element to it. But it is when you it's frightening, like Yeah. There's some Some crazy, crazy, crazy people out there. I like, think if there's anything we've ever learned from this podcast, it is that the world is crazy and it's scary. And that's why you should listen to the Romland <laughs> podcast to get away from it all. Yeah, and uh, the final serial killer that I'm going to go with today is, as I said, we couldn't co- cover all serial killers because um, there's so many of them. And obviously, I haven't mentioned Charles Manson because, we're, as I said, we were talking, I was saying to you earlier on, we're gonna, I'm gonna he's do so a, big. He's uh, got so much stuff and his story is so mad that we're going to do a full story on yeah, him. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, so the final one, so I was saying to about Mindhunter, I don't know if you've seen it, and we spoke about him. So the the main guy that they go to, Edmund Kemper. Is this the first series? Or the big guy. Series? Have you seen the big the guy? Glasses. And he's the, very, he talks very intelligent yeah, as well. So, yeah, so he was six foot nine inches tall and he weighed 250 pounds. Big guy. Big, big, big guy. guy, right? And yet again, he had a, a disturbing childhood. Uh, so his mother and the, his mother made him sleep, and like, so he, he grew up anyway. And he was in a small house. He used to share a bed with his sister when he was younger. And when he got a bit older, he had to go and sleep in the basement. Right, and he really resented his mother. Uh, of like, course, really resented her, and like basically, so he had he was a bit fecked up anyway. Like he, like like Dharmer, he used to kind of mutilate animals when he was young. He'd go out on his own, and he'd like find cats and stuff, and cut them up, and like he liked to see what the insides of them looked like. Mm. So, anyway, he went he went to live with his grandparents, right, and he shot his granny in the head, and then he knew that he was going to be in trouble because his granddad was coming home soon. Okay. So he went into the driveway when his granddad was coming in and went to Kill. meet him in the driveway and killed him then as well. Yeah. And then he went... Probably the best thing to Yeah, do. he went then and rang his mother to tell her what he had done. And she was like, oh, you know, you what the hell have you done? You're going to have to deal with this now yourself. You know, this is all your own doing or whatever. So the cops came to the house and he was sitting there and they asked him why he did it. And he just said because he was bored and he didn't like them and he wanted to kill them. So he was only like 15 at the time. So they sent him off to juvie and he was there for a while and then he got out of juvie. And, uh, he's a double murder and he gets out but I suppose he was younger. Like He was very intelligent. So he was in juvenile. So they used to give him all, like they started doing all these kind of tests on him. Like um, a psychological evaluation test to, yeah. see if, to see if he had like been fixed. You know, if, he, if yeah, there was something yeah. he was going and through. He was able to. He was so, he like a really high IQ and he was able to kind of figure them out. And like, they'd ask him these questions and he figured out what the answers they wanted were. So in the end, he was able to just tell them what they wanted to hear and he got released. Jeez, yeah. Frightening. It's frightening, yeah. So then, like, then, and then that's when he started to find and say that he really wanted to go and kill people. And, like, he used to, like, he picked up girls and stuff in a car and he had a trick. Like, he's a big guy. He's six foot nine. Yeah. And what he'd do is he disabled the, uh, the passenger door, the handle to get out of the car. Okay. So, and it was only a two-door car and he's a big guy. So if you wanted to get out, you had to get past him through his door to get out. You weren't going to get out. So I'm terrified. <laughs> I know it's freaky, right? So like he went around like it, it just murdering, murdering, yeah. murdering for a while. But one of the he often would keep the heads of his victims. Okay, like he just liked to keep them as mementos, as yeah. memories. They do say serial killers do like some sort of token, or you know that's how uh, some of them are stupidly enough get caught because yeah they keep something yeah, from the victim. But he used to like to keep the heads. Yeah. Uh, eventually, anyway, he went and took his mother. And uh, he brutally murdered her, stabbed her, and he took, he cut her head off, and then he had sex with her head. Mm. And um, then and, he and he hung the head up on the wall and was throwing darts at it and everything. But, <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> but he yeah. he he confessed everything to the police. He told them all. So I think he 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 after he killed his mother, he headed off somewhere else to like another state in America, and then he rang the cops. 
where he was from because he used to know the cops like he was a big big guy like he's six foot nine and he, he, always, stand out. he always wanted to be a cop he loved police and okay. he wanted to be a cop but obviously because of the fact that he had murdered his grandparents he couldn't become a cop <laughs> but he used to drink down in the bars where all the cops would drink he knew all the cops yeah. and because he was massive like he used to get on well with them and like the cops used to joke around with him like he's a big guy they used to like like uh, fold their arms together and he'd go over and pick them up by the arms and up into the sky and he'd be drinking with them I think it was called the jury room or something like that the pub yeah. he used to drink in so then he knew a cop anyway so he rang a cop to tell him that they, he'd done this and when the cops came down to pick so him up he wanted to get arrested he, yeah he was done then like he killed his mother that was the final thing he had sex with her head and uh, then he headed off and so the cops they sent down two cops to go and pick him up I think they didn't believe him at first so he had to go and talk to some other cop but then they went down to pick him up and like on the long seven hour journey on the way back to where he was from he was sitting in the back of the car he confessed to everything because he was a big All talker. The people that he picked up and killed. Like. Yeah, so he's a big talker. Like if you watch the um, series, if you watched um, uh, Mindhunter. Mindhunter, it's very good because that's what the FBI they developed like this way of like profiling killers so they could try and find and them. He and helps he, them. He's one of the main guys in it. Yeah, but like uh, there's like it's been more than five five thousand hours of recordings. Wasn't there actually a case? And I think they covered it in the. Um, in, he's still alive in the TV well. show. Yeah, he'd yeah. be great to get on, but I would be scared. To talk <laughs> I'd be freaked out talking to him. Like, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because um, he's supposed to. He's quite manipulative and stuff as well you know wasn't there an episode I mean in, wasn't there a case that happened while the police were talking to him in the um, in the police station and he was helping them with the investigations that he was left on his own with one of the yeah. investigators guards and he actually had said to him for whatever reason they forgot to they didn't chain him up but he was in the room with the guard yep. and he just said like if I wanted to now I could get up and I could wrap my arms around your throat and you'd be dead in so many seconds like yeah just, that really happened and, and your man called to the guards and they didn't hear the 30 minutes to get there because he could see that the interviewer was getting like freaked out so he yeah. started to play on it that's what he did he manipulates people yeah, you know yeah. your man that played him was very good in that show I do remember that he was very good and a very good actor who played the yeah he was very good really yeah. really good yeah. yeah very convincing like there's as I said there's tons of serial killers we won't be covering them all today but there, maybe we might do another one but one of the famous ones was the BTK uh, killer and so he would break into uh, people's houses I think beat torture and kill I think was BTK Jesus or bound torture and kill he'd tie them up yeah. and he'd torture them and kill them but he would like hide in people's homes and like you'd be out at work and you'd come home and he'd be in your house or sometimes he'd sleep there oh, and you'd wake geez. up in the morning or he'd come in the middle of the night. But he liked to spend time in the houses like while the people were there. And if then you're listening to this podcast <laughs> in bed and you're on your own, pause it and check the wardrobe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know it's probably not the nice thing to be listening to, but there, there was a guy, Joe uh, Mitani, a.k.a. The Cannibal, and he would mix the flesh of victims with animal meat and sell it as burgers in his food stand. Jesus. So, so like a, he said, if you mix them up, nobody knows the difference. Yeah, probably true though. Probably true, yeah. We'll try it. So Kemper confessed to eight murders, right? But they reckon that there could have been more. He used to kind of just slowly reveal more and more as it went on over time, you know? I know, I watched the show now, look, I don't know the guy's name, but I did remember watching a, one of these crime TV shows one night, just on telly. And there was guy, oh, this guy and a woman got married, blah, 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 and they had kids. And she didn't realise that every night he used to get out of bed and... He'd get into the car, drive, and he'd, what he did, he'd pick up prostitutes and murder them and hide the bodies. And that was what he did, like, and he, like for years. Yeah. And, like, there was all, then it was being reported in the news and whatnot. And, but, like, when she found out it was him, she was just shocked because she was just like, he was completely normal. Like, not, like, he, I don't know anything. Well, about he wasn't that. really completely normal. He but appeared. He, do you know what I mean? He appeared completely normal. She was married to him. She loved him. And, but it's just mad. You just don't know. I think, as well, like you said about a lot of them having issues as kids, like, 
it's like the product of their environment, isn't that what yeah, they say? You'd yeah, but you'd wonder, like, if they if they would have grew up in a loving home and they were, you know, spoiled and loved, and would they have ended up the way they did? You know, you don't know. Nature or nurture, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, uh, it, is it in their nature to do that, or was it just because they how they were brought up? There was actually something there. I was reading it, and I was going to use it for a news story at some stage, but it, it reminded me. Have you have you seen this thing with the uh, the people who adopted the the girl from the Ukraine? No, right. Oh, is it an experiment? Or no, something? right. So this couple, anyway, they adopted a, a, a what they thought was like a like a six or seven year old girl from the Ukraine, right? But it turns out that she's actually thirty, and um, she just looks very young. Yeah, right. But so, and the, the family that adopted the family, the family that adopted her now claimed like that she had been threatening to kill them all. Uh, it's like a psych. It's a weird story, right? But. Uh, so they adopted her anyway from the Ukraine or from Russia. I think she's from the Ukraine. Was the adoption agency? She's got some kind of some sort of disorder that makes her look really young. And if you look at some of the photographs, she does look young. But they you have to share one. Yeah, yeah, to. we share it, right? But they uh, so then they said that he, the woman was pushing the the young girl was pushing his wife onto electric fences and was like threatening to kill the kids and all sorts of stuff. So then they went back and they they brought it to a doctor and the doctor like did like a bone test and stuff on there. And then like so the doctor goes back into the room and says, "Well, she's." Actually, she's 30 now at the time she's like 26 or 27 Jeez. and they thought they had a child they'd adopted Mistaken a child identity. yeah but apparently she's got some sort of mental condition as well and so that what they did then is they got her her own apartment and they moved to canada this is an america then the family moved to canada and left her there uh, she was there for a year living in an apartment on her own until someone figured out what was going on or whatever and then uh the, the cops came sent out a wire and looked for this family so they got arrested the parents did and they said like they had been lied to this this woman yeah. like you know so then they've been done for abandoning a child and there she's not a child like she's 30 <laughs> right but apparently now she's in with some other like um, mormons or some christians or some people of some so other family some other family have taken her in now yeah but like if i, if I share share the picture like it's it's a weird story. It's weird, it's you know. Weird. But like they accidentally. But the fact is that she was threatening to kill them all as well, you know. But look, we'll hear from. Her she claims next that week. she claims that she wasn't, but like that she is a child. And we'll hear it from her mouth in on next week's podcast. Yeah, She's so <laughs> now, that is mad. That reminds me a little bit just to get off topic, but. The Imposter, the documentary. Did you ever see that? I think it's on Netflix as no, well. No, this is not a documentary uh, <laughs> recommending show, but it, it does happen a lot on this show. Because I love, <laughs> he loves no, documentaries. Listen, right? The Imposter, you spoke about that. You have to get, get that microphone in front of you so we can hear you there. Yeah, I have it in front of me. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a family in America that their son went missing, right? Uh, blonde, blonde hair, he went missing for, I think, three or four years. It yeah. was a missing persons case. It's such a mad story, the imposter. There was a guy, now, I could be getting around the countries. I think I know this, yeah. He's from Russia or somewhere like that. He's kind of living on the streets, kind of. And he hears about this story and sees him in the news, this family looking for the child. So he ends up dyeing his hair and basically pretending to be their son who had been taken and has come back. And they like the kind of family are... Suspicious of him, and but it's uh, they, they believe him, but they, they probably just want to believe. They want it as to well. believe it's something, but that, that is a mad documentary. You should check it out, The Imposter, just to see where it goes. Because yeah, there's like a TV out. show kind of similar to that, then as well, isn't there? You see your man, um, oh, some guy who goes like he's not really their son or their grandson. Is this a comedy or? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. No, it's not bad. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it's on um, Prime, you know, Amazon Prime or oh, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So uh, we look. I'll send. I'll put up some pictures of the the the, the girl who yeah. was a who was an adult. 
Look, if you've heard, heard, enjoyed hearing about uh, mass murder and <laughs> serial killers and having sex... But if you have any serial killer stories, like of other serial killers we haven't covered, because they're going to do another one. I thought you, you were going to say, if you know a serial killer... <laughs> get in contact. Drop, get on, we're on the Rob Rap Podcast. Um, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. And what we have an email as well, if people aren't on social media. World of Wonder 2019 yeah. at yeah. It should be Rob Rap well, We might change that soon. Yeah. We probably will. Possibly, will yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's 2019 it's over time, as well. It's time, yeah. yeah. But anyway, look... Um, I uh, hope you enjoyed that killer show today. It's been killer. It's been killer, guys. <laughs> stay look, alive and stay we'll, out of jail. <laughs> you know we're going to be back next week with another amazing podcast. Catch you then. Bye. You have been listening to the Rob Rat Podcast. Be sure to check out our social media for updates on the next episode. And if you liked what you heard, then let us know by hitting the subscribe button, sending us a message, and telling a friend, because that's how the podcast grows. Thanks for listening.